Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. This episode is brought to you by Ohio State Center for Operational Excellence. Today, we are speaking with Robert Hanfield, the Bank of America University Distinguished Professor of Supply Chain Management at North Carolina State University and Director of the Supply Chain Resource Cooperative. He also serves as Adjunct Professor with the Supply Chain Management Research Group at the Manchester Business School. Rob is the consulting editor of the Journal of Operations Management, one of the leading journals in the field. He is author of several books on supply chain management, the most recent being The Living Supply Chain, The Evolving Comparative of Operating in Real Time, published earlier this year, as well as Supply Market Intelligence, Supply Chain Redesign, and Introduction to Supply Chain Management, which has been translated into Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. He also has co-authored textbooks for MBA and undergraduate classes, including a third revision of Purchasing and Supply Chain Management. Robert was identified in the Pros to Know list compiled by Supply and Demand Chain Executive Journal. His expertise builds from his consulting work with Flex, Nike, Lenovo, and other Fortune 200 companies. Rob earned his doctorate in operations management at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Given your extensive knowledge in supply chain management, what changes have you witnessed since you first became involved in the field? Well, you know, I've, as, as you've noted, I've, uh, I've been in this field for about 30 years, and um, the confluence of technologies that we're seeing today in terms of um, the digital economy, uh, cloud computing, uh, the mobilization technologies, you know, the, the iPhone revolutionized our way. Uh, combined with you know the increasing Internet of Things, this this digitization of objects, um, has has left us in a situation in social media. Not to mention that there's just an incredible amount of data. I think 80% of the world's data has been produced in the last two years, and um, the challenge, of course, is for supply chain people: how do I exploit this data? How do I use it to better manage? Uh, what is also an increasingly complex world with more weather-related issues, more disruptions, more disasters. Uh, how do we deal with this in a globalized uh, ecosystem, if you will? Well, and, and at the same time, you ha- you're having demands, uh, you know, real-time demands from customers. Absolutely. And, and you know, Amazon and, and Alibaba and these technologies are also reshaping the entire marketplace. And so it's, uh, it, it's a very challenging time. As the Chinese say, me, you live in interesting times, right? It's, it's a curse, actually. <laughs> right. I mean, I, can you even pick a, a technology that's disrupting the supply chain the most? I mean, it, it, I know you talked about the cloud. You talked about uh, the Internet of Things, the industrial Internet of Things. Uh, what, what really is, uh, seems to be in the forefront right now? You know, I, th- I think the, uh, the, the issue of cloud computing um, is enabling – this, this uh, change today in our culture where we're able to see things in real time. We are truly able to look at what's happening, not just in terms of news, um, in terms of events. And, and this real-time supply chain uh, visibility, you know, which is the theme of my book, is, is really changing the way that we need to operate. But unfortunately, you know, the real challenge is not so much the technology, it's the way that people work and interact with uh, this new world of cognitive computing, of real-time data, 
and, and finding ways to, to work with machines, if you will. You spoke at the Center for Operational Excellence's uh, Supply Chain Symposium, and uh, I'm assuming you used tenets from your book, and uh, I would like you to unpack the acronym LIVING for the audience. Sure. So, so the, the idea for this book uh, was generated when I visited uh, Flex, a company that no one's heard of. But they make uh, a lot of things for GE, for Nike, for Amazon, for Apple. Uh, they're a, uh, they used to be a contract manufacturer, but now they make just about all this stuff. And they actually operate supply chains for companies. And uh, I went to visit what they call their Pulse Center. And their Pulse Center is where they have their entire end-to-end supply chain suppliers, customers, distributors, showing, showing what is happening in real time. And what they're showing is not so much just in what they call a control room, where you walk into this room and it's an entire room full of television screens and touch pads where you can drill down and see what's happening. But they're taking all of this real-time data and are broadcasting it uh, onto people's mobile phones as well. So the, the acronym, L starts for is for live. You know, you need live data. Uh, it's in, it's uh, interactive. So the ability for people, uh, there are 140,000 employees plus all their suppliers to interact based on this data. Uh, the, the ability uh, to drive then velocity, and velocity is key in terms of materials, uh, material velocity, speed of decision making, speed of action, speed of response, uh, intelligent. So intelligent machines that can gather large amounts of data and summarize them for people to make decisions. Uh, networked, you, the importance of, of creating uh, a trusted supply chain and, and getting people that uh, are aligned in the same decision and are trying to make uh, the, same, the same decisions for the common good. And the last uh, component of that, the G, is for good because uh, transparency drives accountability. Mm-hmm. Accountability drives sustainability. And I think those are uh, those were important concepts that, that we're only just really beginning to explore in this book. Well, with all those concepts and uh, and then the major shifts, I mean, it, it's it's this ecosystem that's swirling around you know, anyone in the supply chain. I mean, how does a company make sense of all of this? Well, you know, I think um, the way that companies need to approach this is is one step at a time, right? You really have to start small. You have to pilot. Uh, they, they talk about fail fast. Don't try to boil the ocean. Um, but but part of what we talk about in the book also is is to consider the ecosystem. And as part of this in the book, we talk about the Serengeti rules, and and we we compare these supply chains to these natural ecosystems that are seen in the Serengeti. And in the Serengeti rules, he, he talks about, you know, a naturalist talks about what he sees in terms of the big animals and the small animals and the grass and the nature and the trees, all codependent on one another. And I think the realization then applies very well to supply chains where people say, we have to coexist. This is an ecosystem and, and we have to work together uh, towards a common good. So I, I don't think it's a single company anymore. It, companies need to work with their partners and and solve problems collaboratively, and that's the only way we're going to survive in this uh, in this ecosystem. It's probably better than them all becoming naturalists. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, if 
We're talking about uh, collecting, analyzing, predicting, prescribing uh, real-time data into useful insights. What are some of the tools needed to keep up with it? So I think some of the, the tools, um, and there's there's a plethora of different software tools out there. And so I'm, I think the issue is to be a little agnostic and to think about, well, what is the problem we're trying to solve? You know, start small and ask a simple question. What is the business problem that we're trying to solve? What is the challenge? Is it is it ordering uh, materials? Is it risk? Is it quality? Is it delivery lead times? Is it, uh, and is it customer complaints? Starting there and then saying, okay, well, what data would help us to understand that problem and to create insight? And think about not so much all the data, but what data do you need? And the metaphor we use is when you're driving your car, there's a lot of data being produced. But you only really need to know as a driver, you need to know your velocity. You need to know where you're going, your GPS perhaps. Uh, and you need to know whether you've got enough fuel in your tank. And really those are the three pieces of information that you need. Um, and you get an event, when there's an event, your engine overheats, your oil pressure is off you get a notification and you only need to know about those things when there's something bad happening in your vehicle. So I, I think that car analogy works really well. And uh, it, it, we take it a step further and we talk about Waze, the, the Waze app. When you're using the Waze app, you're, you're relying on other people's information as well to help you get where you need to go uh, through, through a crowdsourcing kind of uh, application. So you need to pick the tool for the situation and and find, think about what information you need to make better decisions. That would be quite a shift to go from everything being internal to something along the lines of crowdsourcing. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, it, it's funny because we, as individuals, we all rely on these digital tools outside of our workplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, from 5 o'clock to 9 a.m., you know, we, we, we use Waze, we use Yelp, we use, um, you know, all these different digital tools. Yet when we go into work, we're back in the, you know, we're, we've, we cease to become digital natives anymore. We become, you know, married to the world of Excel spreadsheets. And I think that's the challenge is how do we, how do we digitize our workplace in ways that make sense? How do you balance this rapid shift towards digital technologies with the need for sustainability and good old-fashioned customer re responsiveness? Well, I, I think the uh, the world we're in today is is characterized by greater uncertainty, and people complain they don't have good forecasts, and they can't forecast what their customers want. Well, that is the new reality, and, and customers are sh constantly shifting their requirements. So the, the issue is if we can get access to information more quickly, we can respond to it. And similarly, from a sustainability perspective, uh, transparency drives accountability. And if uh, we're asking people now, we don't want you to hide your problems. We want you to actually admit to them and share the information with us so that we can all jointly work on them together. And uh, you know, Flex has created these, what they call issue rooms, when there's an issue, the right parties jump into the room virtually. They're all looking at the same information and they're finding a way to solve the problem. Whether it's a, a machine is down, uh, whether it's an explosion in Shenzhen, China that's near a supplier facility, whether it's a customer that suddenly created a promotion and you know needs more in, needs more product. 
Um, you know, these are all, the world is an uncertain place and we need to devise tools that help us to manage this uncertainty a lot more, a lot more responsibly. How big is Flex? Flex is the biggest company you've probably never heard of. Uh, they're, they're, I think, sixty billion or something in, in revenue. Again, they they have twelve business units that each are three or four billion dollars each uh, in healthcare, in in food, in apparel. Um, again, you know, they're they're producing things in just about every industry you can think of today. No small change there. Yeah. Uh, as, given uh, their size and Nike and Lenovo, how can you um, bring that? down to a smaller company, uh, you know, say a, a 50 person or less company, uh, what kind of lessons learned would be, um, you know, would help them because the, 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 the road mapping we did a few years ago, you know, we found a lot of manufacturers considered the, um, the stress that they were under for the real, do- the real time demands as, as a, it was a major issue. So uh, what advice would, would you give uh, smaller companies on how to thrive in this new environment? with the limited resources. So, uh, yeah, I think the challenges for a smaller company are, you know, again, is workforce, you know, they're they're limited. But if they can be, start to get smart about technology and using technology to become more efficient. And the other thing I think is, you know, small companies are a very important part of the ecosystem. Um, So Flex, for instance, works with smaller companies. They have uh, a scale to, or sketch to scale, uh, capability. They'll take companies that have an idea. They'll they'll help them develop it, and then they'll they'll actually you know develop a, a manufacturing site and uh, build prototypes and and manufacture it for them. So I think it's it's about also finding the right partners. I mean, who are the right companies you want to work with, and and companies that have the right culture. Uh, and that's my next book. Is is this culture? How do we think about the culture of transparency and confidentiality and and working with our partners in the supply chain. Well, definitely, if it's becoming more of a collaborative environment, that's going to be necessary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we've worked with, with larger companies that, that really s- smaller suppliers, smaller companies are the real source of innovation today. The, the, the best ideas are coming from small companies. And so larger companies have a responsibility. And if they're smart, they, they, they'll reach out and find ways to drive innovation with these smaller companies. But they have to also think about IP. They think need to think about their costs, the, you know, exclusivity. There's a whole series of, of other, you know, business to business issues that have to be thought through here. And outside of B2B, um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the Supply Chain Resource Cooperative, which is similar to the Center for Operational Excellence in terms of being a, a member company based, I'm, I'm, from what I've read. Yeah. Um, what do your organiza- What does your organization do to help industries with the faculty expertise and the, uh, the research available? Well, you know, the, the Supply Chain Resource Cooperative was founded on a principle. Um, you know, Peter Drucker first said, business schools need to be more like medical schools where the faculty and the student work on the patient. And uh, we're really trying to bring the patient back into the classroom. Every one of our major partner companies has problems in their supply chain. Every company has issues with data, with, with, with collaboration, with, with processes. And um, you know, we bring uh, companies in and we have students work on these projects as part of the supply chain course curriculum. 
So they're working on real live problems. It's, it's not a case study. It's, it's a real live living problem. And they're working with real live data. And, uh, and, and people learn by doing. You know, you learn by, by jumping in, by engaging and doing. And I think, uh, you know, companies benefit from this as well because uh, a lot of these students have some fantastic ideas and, and are afraid of, of tackling these big, hairy problems and, and jumping in and, and, and trying, to, trying to do something different, which is what's needed here. And they usually are without the traditional limitations. Yes. Yes, they, 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 they have their limitations of their own, though, somehow. You know, I think uh, some of our students find they're too tied to their, uh, their cell phones and, and they, you know, they don't know how to run a meeting, for instance. So there's, there's other social skills that, that I think they can benefit from as well. We could have a completely different interview on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anything I haven't asked that you would like to answer? No, you know, this has been really an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I, I, and I think, uh, you know, the things I see at Ohio State here are really exciting uh, in terms of analytics and, and uh, the idea that you need to combine, you know, not just the, the statistical, the analytical piece, but also the subject matter expertise. And uh, I think that, the, you know, the older generation has all that subject matter expertise. And if we pair them with uh, some, the, the younger crowd that, that is, is big on analytics and digital, I think good things will happen. So I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. Great. Thank you, Rob, for being on the show. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure.